DJ Cthulhu. And I'm Vera. And I'm Kane. Let's go on a, a very special transient. Alright, so uh, it is now that time of year again, Passover. Yay. So we are going to talk all about Passover. So uh, before we get started, I, I want to address something that we did address during the Hanukkah special, but I think is worth reiterating. Uh, which is about uh, cultural relativism. Now, since Passover falls close in the calendar year to uh, Easter, uh, most years, it is often very tempting to make comparisons to Easter and, you know, they assume like, oh, it's the Jewish Easter. Uh, it is not. <laughs> They've got really, Passover really has not much to, has not much to do with Easter other than timing. Um, it's not about the same thing at all. Um, but it uh so what i'm gonna ask is uh so all i get the urge to make those comparisons i'm gonna ask that people uh avoid that if possible because then you know you're comparing it to something else rather than looking at it for what it is um and then you might not fully understand it uh or might get like wrong ideas about it yeah fair enough <laughs> And also, uh, I, I also want to say, uh, while you, while it's slightly better to make comparisons to Hanukkah, it is a very different sort of holiday than Hanukkah, even though they're from the same religion. So while it might be slightly better than making comparisons to a Christian holiday, it will potentially make things more confusing. I'm always confused, so I'll be fine. <laughs> so uh, also, uh, Vera, do you have anything to say about like cultural relativism? Yeah, I mean, while you can get something out of um, trying to make comparisons to something you understand, the more you try and compare something to you, the way you understand something, the less you're actually going to understand something in its natural context. Mm -hmm. So like, like I talked about when we were doing the episode on, um, on Yule, how there's a lot of similarities between the two holidays. The context is more important than the simula similarities. Um, it's more important to be like, to understand the importance of it to the culture as opposed to understanding the importance to it relative to your culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, if there is, like, Christian influence from Passover, that's not, like, the main message of the Paul of uh, this, uh, of this. It's it's not what the holiday's about. That would have been later. Um, yeah, it, it's more and important. I, I, will, I will talk about potential connections to Christianity later, including some of the some of the uh, less good ones, but um, I think uh, this is, uh, but uh, I'm going to try to mostly uh, avoid that uh, just because I don't know much about Christianity and don't want to um, accidentally say something wrong while trying to make an analogy or something. It's fine. They'll be mad no matter what. Well, well yeah, they're, they're going to be mad because a Jewish person is talking. <laughs> Also, I forgot to realize we didn't ever mention that Sit Lolly's here. Hi, I'm just oh, a surprise. Sorry, hi. And you're Sit Lolly, let's go on a transit. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes into the episode, brilliant. We just passed over her. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, the waveform for that. Oh, find out what that means later. Okay, but like, honestly, I'm coming in here with like, 
even less of a clue than I did with the Hanukkah episode. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. I imagine most people do not know uh, anything about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Whoa, knowledge. To be fair, I don't understand how Easter is a Christian thing, because all I know about Easter is there's a bunny who lays eggs, and some of the eggs are filled with money, and that's how I got enough money to go to anime conventions every year. What the for fuck? Passover, you got we do not have um, money in the eggs. Yeah, we get you we got money for Easter. I like Jesus. There God. are eggs you involved, know, but in a very different way. You know what I got? You know what I got for Easter? Not money. <laughs> Did you get shitty candy? No, just a plastic egg full of glitter and shit. Oh, yeah. that's that's no. some terrible parenting. Well, well no. It's, well, <laughs> look, look on anyway, the bright side. It's, it's a gay Easter egg, then. Yeah. Oh, true. No, that's what made that... me gay. Yeah. I was exposed to the glitter, and it was it was instant. You just <laughs> huffed that glitter every Easter. The Easter okay, bunny enough, made a gay enough about egg. Easter. <laughs> yeah, Easter. yeah. Enough about that. We're we're Fuck not Easter. here for for. Uh... So, one other thing is so uh, before we get started, I also want to introduce the. Uh, use uh, the greetings. So if you're speaking English, uh, the best greetings for Passover are probably happy holidays or happy Passover, or if you're speaking another language, the equivalents of those. Uh, on the other hand, if you want to say it in Hebrew, uh, to say happy holidays in Hebrew, which works for most Jewish holidays except for the sad ones, uh, you say Chag Sameach. And uh, to say... Uh, Specifically, Happy Passover, Chag Pesach Sameach. Hmm. I recognize that may be very difficult for a lot of uh, people to pronounce. Yeah, uh, I immediately but, was like, I don't want to fuck up. But uh, to, to clarify, uh, Chag means holiday, uh, and uh, Pesach means is Passover's name in Hebrew, um, and uh, Sameach means uh, uh, means happy. Hmm. So, uh, literally, it's happy pass. It's holiday Passover happy. It's always kind of that makes it, it makes sense though. Yeah, sort of. Like I understand the order of those words. Well, yeah, because because cool. in Hebrew you put the words in a different order. Uh, well, yeah, it just makes sense. <clears throat> that always messed holiday, me up when I was which learning, one like... Passover? What about it? Happy one. <laughs> I just like that. Just makes sense in yeah, my like, brain. Like you remember it with, uh, like you remember it with Hanukkah too. The greeting for that was uh, Hanukkah Sameach. Hanukkah. Yeah. What, what about it? Happy. Exactly. Like that just makes sense to me. <laughs> See, that's what like got me messed up when I was learning Spanish in high school. I was just sitting there like, why are we talking like Yoda? I don't get it. I'm bad at this. Goodbye. Oh, because many things are in, in an inverse order. Yeah, well, same English, thing with yeah. German. I didn't get very far with that just because mm -hmm. I was like, why are we... It's so... You said an English word in there a second ago. Now I'm confused. Which language am I speaking? It's it's quite interesting to see that, like, most other languages, when you learn from English, are, like, in a different order than the English languages. And well, yeah, English, English is unusual in its word order yeah. uh, and in its morphosyntactic alignment. Yeah. Morphosyntactic alignment. Uh, it means, like, how the words work. Uh, yeah, sort of. that's just um, really cool. That's a uh, mo most languages are different. Like, uh, for instance, did you know that more languages in the world uh, are subject-object-verb than subject-verb-object? Mm. Subject, so like, subject, verb, object would be like English. Subject, verb, object is English in most European languages, mm -hmm. uh, okay. but subject, object, verb would be like uh, 
I pi eight instead of like I eight pi. Or... Well, see, that makes sense to me too because it's like I. Uh, what about me? A pie. What did I do with it? Ate that shit. Yeah, well, like that just yeah. makes sense. The yeah the the uh it is thought that one advantage of this is it makes it easier to use light verbs. Uh, meaning like for instance in a language like Persian which uses this word order you get lots of uh expressions like a uh, tamiz kerdan which literally means clean to do uh or wh where like you can put all sorts of like modifiers before the verb because uh, the verb goes at the end it means like to clean that like literally oh. is clean to do because like tamiz is clean oh, yeah. and clean. kerdan is to do what a what about it do that shit I like that that's <laughs> so, so, so like, logical so like uh so like I so like uh, so like I cleaned the table would be uh men misra tamiz kerdam. Uh, to be clear, I do not speak Persian, and I very much apologize to any uh, Persian speaking listeners if I got that very wrong. I am sorry. I just really respect how much like stuff you know about linguistics. It's really cool. Yeah, because I remember taking linguistics, and I could not for the life of me grasp any of it. Just so to see you just grasp it so easily is just like, holy shit. Well, yeah, I have, I have zero academic background in it. That's wild. I don't even That's think so about how language works, because it hurts my brain to think about how subject <laughs> anyway, word so, verb... Anyway, so now that we've totally digressed, uh, back to, uh, back <laughs> to Passover. So Passover, uh, or in Hebrew, Pesach, is named for something that we will talk about in a little bit. There's a specific event uh, that it relates to that it's named after. Uh, but uh, so, so back when we talked about Hanukkah, I went through, uh, you know, the history behind it first, and then uh, the contemporary uh and then like contemporary celebrations uh and for passover i'm going to do something a little bit different uh you see for, for passover uh <clears throat> it is for passover uh the way we celebrate it uh is by having uh a special feast called a seder uh <clears throat> and so during which uh, all the things we eat are symbolic of various things from the story, and we like recount the story um, throughout the meal uh, and get drunk. Um, so <laughs> wait, uh, so drinking I, is a, a part of it? Yeah. Since I don't drink, I will not be getting drunk. Sure. Um, typically, for those who don't drink, uh, grape juice is used instead of wine. Uh, the Hebrew uh, descriptor would allow for that, but. Uh, <clears throat> but so and obviously i wouldn't want to get drunk on the show anyway but uh so uh but it does involve getting uh, a lot of alcohol so um but uh, <laughs> it, it all has symbolic purpose so what i'm going to do instead of like telling the story and then the modern celebration is i'm going to go through the uh seder <clears throat> and uh at each part of it uh you know explain how and in that process i will be telling the story uh, through like the symbolic representation and of course filling in any context for uh, non-Jewish listeners who might not know the context of it. <clears throat> so, but before I do that though, I, I do want to be clear. This is not a historic narrative. This is a religious narrative, uh, which uh, is most likely not a thing that really happened, at least not as described. Um, so... <clears throat> Uh, when you listen to this, do not take this as like me reciting a historic fact or anything like that. Just uh, just consider it uh, 
at just uh, consider it as like part of a, a story. A story, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a... yeah, this is not like the Hanukkah story where we can be reasonably sure that most of it happened. Uh, it's it's a narrative where most of it probably didn't happen, but the symbolic meaning for... of the holiday remains. Uh, so and that's like... what we'll talk about later. The stories for like teaching stuff, I assume them. Yes, yes. Uh, it's yes. it's about preserving the moral of the holiday. So uh, okay. So the thing about this. So uh, so uh, the the other thing to be aware. Of, so I'm going to go through the Seder now. In order to do that, I have a book called a Haggadah, which uh, contains uh, all of the. Uh, information uh about which contains like all the prayers and the story and often uh modern hagadot uh also contain like a contemporary uh contain like a more contemporary readings or commentary by uh scholars or other figures uh, like for instance uh, the one i'm using uh has uh using has a bunch of like additions by more contemporary scholars about uh passover and about its meaning is that book only for passover or does it have uh, the haggadah is just for passover okay it's a specific I, one to passover because i heard there is like a different book for different prayers and different occasions y yes we've got lots of books uh uh for for prayers and stuff this is the passover specific one it, it tells the story of passover okay um does and the how... Passover specific book have a have its own title? Um, uh, yes, it's called a Haggadah. A Haggadah, okay. I'm, I, if you already said that, I think my brain just said my apologies. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but uh, so so uh, the thing about so the other thing uh, is that there are certain food restrictions that apply during the seder and also during the uh, during the eight days of Passover, uh, and those restrictions are. <clears throat> Uh, and uh, those restrictions are mainly that we do not eat any leavened bread, uh, and uh, additionally, uh, in many communities, do not eat kitniot, which means like beans and other grains. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> and there's a reason for this, which I will discuss later. Uh, the the seder really does answer a lot of these questions. Uh, now, typically, uh, now. Typically, people hold like at least one seder during the eight uh, during the eight days of Passover, uh, and uh, and a lot of people do it like the first day, and other days maybe they'll visit like their their friends' seders. So, like that's a common thing. Uh, for a seder, you are obligated to invite in anyone who doesn't have a place to go. So uh, it's beautiful. So uh, <clears throat> if you. Uh, so it's it's common to like attend other people in your community's seders as well as having one yourself, uh, and they they can range with uh, lots of different numbers of people. Like you might have a small one with your family at some point, or maybe a much bigger one. The largest one in the world, interestingly, is in Nepal. Really? Huh. Yeah. The yeah the seder on top of the world draws as many as two thousand people a year. I just think I think the that the requirement that you must welcome in anyone who doesn't have anywhere else to go. I think that's really beautiful. And, and this does apply to non-Jewish individuals as well. Like I've invited plenty of non-Jews to seders that I've had. Uh, 
had uh, like, you know, as I've mentioned before, growing up, I didn't know a lot of other Jewish people. So uh, there weren't that many in my area or at my school. So uh, like I'd often invite like lots of friends who were, you know, Muslim or Christian or not religious. Um, I just I really respect the kindness of that. You, you know, wonderful. just so they could like see the tradition and and a, yeah. a lot of them really seemed to like it. <laughs> Even though it That's wasn't awesome. like their tradition, a lot of them seems to really like the uh, holiday. So uh, one thing I'm also going to say is I'm going to be kind of skimming the Seder because otherwise it would be very long. Sure. Uh, and also because it contains uh, a lot of prayers that you're supposed to do with certain actions. And because I'm not actually doing those actions right now, just describing them, uh, I'm not going to recite the prayers for them. Sounds uh, good. That's fair. <laughs> Are you going to give us a general idea about, like, what the prayers are about? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. I will tell you what when we'd say them, yes, uh, for the different actions of the Seder. So, uh, so like most, so as I mentioned uh, before, uh, in the Jewish calendar, each new day starts uh, at sun, starts at sundown. Uh, that is when you can see three stars in the sky. Hmm. And before anyone asks, yes, there are accommodations for, like, living in polar regions or being on a space station. They have those? There actually was controversy about the space station one. Really? Well, well you see, a... most space stations orbit the Earth more than once a day, right? Right. Yes. So then there would be the question of, when does a new day start for people on the space station? I believe the general consensus today is for U.S. Jewish U.S. astronauts that they use the time currently in Houston to determine it. That makes That's where I mean, mission control is, but I, I don't know if what other countries do or anything like that. Like maybe, maybe you know, uh, uh, if there are any uh, Russian Jewish astronauts, they maybe do something so different or something. Uh, was a I, I I would assume that like a like rabbis and and things were involved in this to help yeah, them figure yeah. it out. Well, I yeah. think it. I think it's great and, that they uh, were able to figure out something that that is 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 that works for them. I think that's wonderful. And uh, before anyone asks, yes, there are Jewish astronauts. I don't know of any serving right now, but um, throughout history, I, I can think of a few, uh, such as uh, Ilan Ramon, who tragically died uh, in the Columbia disaster. Ah. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, when you first said that, like, there's ways to tell when. I thought you were gonna go for like, oh, when it's cloudy, not oh, astronauts. In. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for, for for if you're living in the polar regions, uh, I believe you're supposed to use the city that's in your time zone that's not in the polar region. So like, uh, if you're uh, you know, in like, so like if you're in like uh, like northern Alaska, you'd use like the time in Anchorage or something because mm -hmm. that's subpolar. I think uh, it's great that the or astronauts. Or if you're in Murmansk, uh, you'd probably use Moscow or are those in the same time zone? I don't even know. I, I think it's great the astronauts <laughs> didn't reach the conclusion that they would just have to do the Seder very quickly. Well, <laughs> well, here's the thing is there was there's the question of also Shabbat, which is every seven days. So uh, there's the question of would people have to do Shabbat every uh, few hours? Because that <laughs> seems like... <laughs> On, on the ISS, which orbits the Earth every ninety minutes, um, <laughs> that would be difficult. <laughs> it would be hectic for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but that, that let's get, so what that me 
so what this practically means, unless you are doing satyrs <laughs> on the ISS, which I don't know if anyone is, I, I, maybe someone's done it. I, I don't know. Um, a lot of it's probably a little hard to do in space just because of the food and stuff. But uh, and I know this part you definitely don't do in space. But so most, so many Jewish holidays uh, begin uh, at sundown by lighting candles, of course, uh, which you obviously should not do in space. So no, oh my are, god. If you're an astronaut <laughs> trying to celebrate Passover, very important, do not do this. <laughs> do not light candles when you are in an environment that has tubes carrying pure oxygen. I, yeah, I yeah. would Don't hope do that. <laughs> that our astronaut that the people we send to be astronauts are smart enough to not do that. See, but now uh, I want to but... know what flame looks like in zero G. Uh, well, I, I, I'm pretty sure what it looks like very quickly is just a giant fireball. Oh. Well, well, so <laughs> the thing about that, Sitlalius, um, they are the smart people that we send into space, sure, but they are still people, and people make mistakes. <laughs> well, hopefully those mistakes are shit like, uh, you know, accidentally, or like, or stuff like, um, accidentally forgetting to shower or something not uh, <laughs> not turning the iss into a bomb <laughs> this is why i'm not an astronaut. look 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 um look at the very least it would be a passover to remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sure fucking would wouldn't it oh, no. um, i tell you what that'd be a motherfucker of a candle to light <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Enter would be talking about how all movies made in 2022 didn't talk about the ISS station incident. <laughs> oh God, that's a tangent so far. <laughs> so, 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 um, so, so we begin it by lighting the candles and we say a blessing over that. Um, and the the candles they they signify, uh, you know, a transition. Uh, no, they they don't. Not that kind of transition. Uh, they signify going <laughs> from a normal time to sacred time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, for a holiday. Like, that's why we light them for Shabbat. It's why we light them for Passover. Uh, and to be clear, this is not like the Hanukkah candles. This is typically we only light two candles for Passover. Okay. Is there a special uh, apparatus for lighting these? Uh, usually we just hold them with little candlesticks. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's not as ritualized as the Hanukkah candles, or at least not in the same way. Are sure. candles so... a common thing when it comes to all the religious holidays? Uh, yes, yes. As I mentioned, they signify that transition from mm -hmm. uh, sacred time to. Uh... So, once once you're in in what's considered sacred time, are there like restrictions on what you can do? And well, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like for instance, for Passover, there's the dietary restriction I described. Oh, great! Yeah, of course. <clears throat> okay, and. So, uh, there. So the center of the seder is the seder plate. Uh. <clears throat> which is where we have an assortment of usually six or seven different items. Uh, and I, and each of these items I will go through in more detail during the Seder, uh, but they each represent things from the story. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> there okay. is the roasted shank bone, uh, which is a, uh, which is typically traditionally the bone of a lamb. Uh, although if you're a vegetarian, uh, it's considered acceptable to use a car a roasted carrot instead. Okay. Uh, there is the maror, uh, or bitter herbs, uh, which typically we use horseradish, uh, and that is to remind the, us of the bitterness of slavery. I'll, I'll elaborate on that later. The harosid, uh, which is a sort of uh, mixture of apples, walnuts, wine, or grape juice, and cinnamon, uh, which represents mortar for building. Uh, 
Is this a drink or? Uh, no, it's like a sort of a salad type thing. That sounds oh, delicious. that sounds lovely. Uh, and I'll explain. And then there's carpas or green vegetables, uh, <clears throat> and uh, then which is representing spring. And then there's salt water, which both represents tears from being slaves, but also can represent purity because in, in Judaism you purify things by going to a mikveh, which is like a pool of water, and the ocean is considered to count for that. <clears throat> Um, but, uh, is, is and then... the, it, uh, my apologies. If the pool is not, if the pool being used is not the ocean, is it still salinated? Uh, no. Okay. I just wasn't, I, no, I, no I, uh, basically any natural body of water, uh, oh, okay. counts, for instance, or, uh, if you collect like water from rain or a spring. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, so, uh, the, and then there's one other item that at least I have on the Seder plate, uh, which, uh, is the orange. Now, the orange can represent a few different things, but originally, uh, it was, uh, something that, uh, Jewish feminists and, uh, LGBT activists came up with in the 1990, in the 1980s, sorry, not 90s, uh, to represent, uh, uh, to represent inclusion of specifically Jewish lesbians and others in the LGBT community. Uh, That's beautiful. However, uh, uh, and so that's what it originally was for, uh, because some uh, homophobic rabbi said that there was as much room for a lesbian in Judaism as there was for uh, a crust of bread on the Seder plate. But uh, So uh. they originally adopted that, but bread violates the rules of Passover. So uh, instead of that, they decided to use an orange to show that, in fact, it is not violating Judaism to be a lesbian. Um, Hell and, yeah. That's awesome. So consequently... Uh, so that's the original story. It's uh, that the orange represents uh, LGBT inclusion, specifically lesbians, but also uh, others in the community. Uh, but uh, then uh, the story sort of over the years got straight washed um, and uh, uh, changed to mean uh, instead and changed to be about uh, women, which, of course, it's great to represent women in Judaism as well, but it removes the original significance of it specifically being about uh, lesbians. Yeah, but but anyway, yeah. uh, but that that's what it originally was for. Um, was so it it so it kind of represents like uh LGBT people in the community and also uh, women. Okay. Uh, and then there's the uh, and there's the roasted egg, uh, uh, which is uh, egg uh or boiled egg, and the boiled eggs uh will become uh significant later, but uh the the thing about that uh, is that uh, it makes for some great jokes because it means that you have to talk a lot about eggs, which if you're a trans person at your very cis family's Seder can be a lot of fun because you have to explain every year what egg means. They, they never remember. Uh, and then they're always like, and, and then they always get mad at you. <laughs> Sorry, just, I'm realizing just how many times egg, egg. and... <laughs> Oh golly, that's, that's like wonderful. like uh, it also is. Uh, it also came up earlier this year in the form of a joke I made. No, uh, where I said that um, where I said that uh, my mother asked me what to put on the seder to represent LGBT people, and I said instead of the orange, I said we are already represented by the egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Oh, Lord. So so uh, anyway so. Uh, 
So next, uh, so, so uh, th those are the items on the plate. Uh, so typically to get started, we do what's known as a Kaddish, which is where we drink the first, uh, which is where we bless the first glass of wine and then drink it. Um, there are four glasses of wine involved in this. That's a lot um, how, of wine. How big are these glasses part. of wine? Uh, depends how, typically uh, in all the seders I've been in, relatively small. Uh -oh. oh well, to that's... avoid getting like totally wasted. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So, uh, typically, the first glass is red wine. Uh, to uh, wine. Uh, and then after that, we do urchatz, uh, which is washing of hands. Now, traditionally, uh, this is symbolic. Like someone will bring around a jug of water and a bowl and pour the water over people's hands while they say a blessing. Uh, but of course, you can also actually wash your hands as well, which is probably a good idea nowadays. The, um, <laughs> the wine used also has is is it? It has to be um... kosher. Kosher. It has to be uh, like which made... specifically for wine means uh, that it either has to be only handled by Jews or has to be boiled uh, before it can be handled by non-Jews. Yeah. And, and the reason go. for this is because during the Middle Ages, a lot of Christian uh, winemakers would pour out like some wine uh, for ritual purposes in Christianity, and we needed to make sure they weren't like blessing that wine under their religion. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> which boiling would make it unsuitable for and. Thus, mevushal. <clears throat> mevushal meaning? Boiled. Oh, 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 right, okay. Uh, Thank you. Now, the, the next item we turn our attention to uh, is uh, karpas, uh, the green vegetable, which we will dip in the salt water to represent uh, both uh, the luxury of being able to eat green vegetables fresh, uh, but also the salt water, which is salty and reminds us of the tears that uh, those who are not free cried are um, there and our ancestors. Green vegetables? That uh, usually use? parsley is used. Oh, okay. But uh, also for some communities, it's traditional to use other things. Like, for instance, boiled potato is traditional in some Eastern European communities because it was hard to get parsley during the winter. That makes sense. But now that it's uh, the 21st century, it's typically parsley. Um, there. But uh but the thing about that is uh so so uh the salt water both reminds us of in our story uh of Passover, which I will uh tell in a, which I will elaborate on in a moment, uh, but it also uh importantly is the tears of those who are still not free today. Uh and that's a big mm. part of Passover. So the next thing we do is we take three pieces of matzah. Now, uh, I should explain what matzah is, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so, so matzah is sort of a flat bread that's kind of like a big cracker. And oh. it's a thing we eat a lot of during Passover, because as you remember, we don't eat leavened bread. Mm -hmm. I was about to ask earlier if, like, uh, tortillas would count as... <laughs> tortillas would count as leavened bread, fuck unfortunately. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, they, no yeah. fuck no. Yeah, I was... Uh... <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> They, they, what, would, they would count as far as what, I know. What in the... So, so okay, never mind. This it, is a pointless it, question, it's, uh, it's It's complicated, but... Uh, it's totally is it because okay. of the... <laughs> uh, depending on your interpretation, corn might disqualify, but moreover, it's the fact that it's a thing made with um, flour dough that's allowed to be wet for more than a certain amount of time. It's, it's complicated. Oh, um, that makes sense. It's... Because yeast could... Uh, 
good naturally uh, yeast or uh, yeast possibly or just other rising processes and there's a reason we do this that i'll explain later okay, okay. so what we do is we take those three pieces of matzah uh and we break the middle one in half and then tied one piece of it which is called the afikomen which is a greek word for dessert Hmm. Uh, and we hide hmm. it, and later on it will uh, come back. Um, <clears throat> you'll see what I mean later. Um, and <clears throat> that represents you... that we live in like a broken world, but we're fixing it. When you say you hide it, do you mean? I assume you put it like under a napkin or something, uh, or... or somewhere in your house or somewhere, somewhere in your in yard. Okay. Um, I'll explain more <laughs> about that later. Uh, okay. And so, uh, <clears throat> and so then. We get closer and closer to the telling of the story of Passover, which will explain what all the stuff I was saying about slavery and freedom was about. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> now, typically, before we tell the story of Passover, traditionally, uh, the youngest person at the table, uh, tr traditionally, or if the youngest person can't do this, someone a little older, uh, will read the four questions, uh, which are four traditional questions about Passover that probably a lot of uh, people might be asking, um, and it then answers them. Uh, and so I, I, I could recite them in Hebrew for you, uh, or since most of our listeners probably don't speak Hebrew, it's probably better if I do it in uh, English. If, if, if it's appropriate to do so, yeah, I, I would love to hear the questions. Okay, so the questions, which will probably explain a lot about the holiday, uh, are, uh, the, the questions, uh, which we'll answer throughout the Seder, are, uh, why is this night different from all other nights? which is not really counted as one of the four. It's, uh, well, it's sort of an introduction to the four, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, the others are more statement or more observations. Uh, and that, uh, so, uh, and I guess I'll chant the first one just so everyone gets a feel for how it would sound in Hebrew. I won't do this for all of them. Manishtana. Mm -hmm. Halayla hazeh mikol halaylot. Your voice is beautiful. Huh? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, and then we typically talk about the four children. Uh, who, now, the four children are supposed to represent four types of uh, people. Uh, and the, the four children uh, are children who need to learn in different ways. The wise child, the wicked child, the simple child, and the child who does not know how to ask a question. The wise child uh, wants to, can say that they want to learn more about Passover, so you explain more to them about the laws and, why, and the history and the story. Um, the wicked child wants everything to be about them. It's like, why do I care? So you have to explain to them that this is about, uh, that we should perceive ourselves personally as having gone through this story, even though we, we didn't individually, but that it applies to everyone. Then the simple child, uh, you just have to explain like the very basics of what we do because they might not understand more. And then the child who is too young, to, who is unable to ask a question, maybe because they're young, maybe because they're disabled in some way, uh, you have to start with uh, the very basics and speak uh, to them. Uh, and the point is, you, you don't, you're not forcing these children to change. Uh, you're, you're not, uh, you're, you're teaching them in a way that they can learn. 
there's some, that's there's something really interesting to that that it's not about changing the child or punishing the child for being wicked it's about teaching the child in a way that that child will that, that they can relate to yes yes exactly um Beautiful. so <clears throat> so I, I will tell you uh the story uh of the exodus now uh again this is not like a historic narrative this is a religious narrative um and uh so this story uh and this the version that's in this Haggadah seems to provide uh, much of the uh, context, uh, but I will uh, still provide some extra. So the story of the so according to legend, the story of the Jewish people begins with Abraham, uh, the first patriarch, um, who uh, uh, who lived in a area where most people were polytheistic and worshipped idols. And uh, God uh, spoke to him and told him not to, uh, and told him not to do that, uh, and made the promise that his family would become a great nation, but with a very scary uh, vision, uh, in which God says to Abraham that his descendants will dwell for a time in a land that is not their own and will be enslaved and afflicted for 400 years. However, I will punish the nation that enslaved them, and afterward they shall leave with great wealth. So that's like a prophecy that uh, God told to Abraham. Uh, and at this point, we raise a glass of wine, which is uh, the second glass of wine, which is also red wine, but we don't drink it. <laughs> we don't get to drink it yet. Um, so uh, not yet. So uh, so let's uh, so then the next thing that happens is, according to the story, so Abraham uh, has uh, a son. And his son has a son. And so we go on a few generations later and we get to a point where uh, the Jewish people are enslaved in Egypt, uh, in uh, Mitzrayim, which is Hebrew for Egypt or literally narrow place. Because um, it's along the Nile? Well, What's more in the sense of like it's oppressive. Oh, the narrow in that way. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Huh. Interesting. So, uh, okay. So, so, uh, and the number of uh, Jewish people was growing and hmm. uh, and developing sort of a, a cultural identity. Uh, and the pharaoh got worried that there was going to be a slave revolt because uh, there were more and more, more Jews. So, uh, so uh, what he did was he ordered that all uh, firstborn son, that all baby boys uh, be drowned in the Nile uh, in order to, to reduce the numbers. Mm -hmm. So... Jesus. The, the pharaoh is not a good guy in this story. Sorry, that's um, just very hard. So, so then, however, there's one woman who has just had a son who doesn't want to do that, and her name is Yocheved. Uh, And she has a son named Moses. Or Moshe in Hebrew. Uh, and uh, instead, she places him in a basket and lets the basket float down the Nile, where it is found by the pharaoh's daughter who takes him in, not knowing uh, his, his story. Meanwhile, Miri meanwhile, uh, Yocheved's daughter, Miriam, is hiding nearby and tells the, uh, pharaoh and tells the, the, uh, pharaoh's family that, uh, uh, that this, that, uh, they'll need a wet nurse for this child and that she knows just the person and guess who she presents? The mother. Who's the most obvious yep. choice? Yes, yes, Yocheved. Um, so, uh, so that so Moses gets to like retain that connection to his uh, actual mother, um, and so Moses grows up uh, 
<clears throat> and uh, up in, in the palace. And uh, so the next, uh, and so uh, Moses one day sees uh, an Egyptian man beating a slave. And he gets so mad at the injustice that he uh, beats the uh, slave owner to death. Uh, and then he has to flee the country. Uh, so he goes out um, and becomes uh, a shepherd in the desert. <clears throat> and I mean, one day, damn, though, though, while he's herding his sheep, uh, he, he sees a burning bush. And the thing about this burning bush that he thinks is unusual is it's burning, but it is not being consumed. <clears throat> so he looks closer and a voice comes from it. And God speaks to him through the burning bush. And God says, says that to Moses that he should go back to Israel and tell the Pharaoh to let my people go. <clears throat> so uh, Moses does that because God told him to. Um, <clears throat> and when and God goes, tells you to do something, you go do it. Yeah. <laughs> now, now Moses, now Moses uh, for con is one of the most... Uh, is uh, one of the most important people uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, he's a very important character. Uh, but this is like uh, sort of, I guess, his origin story, as it were. Um, <clears throat> so he, uh, so God, so God tells him to go back and he, uh, Moses goes to the Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And the Pharaoh, of course, says no. <laughs> so Moses tells him, warns him, like, there will be plagues. God will punish you. Uh, <clears throat> and uh and so uh and so uh at this point in the seder typically we read the uh 10 plagues uh and for each plague we dip a finger in the wine glass and bring it and put a droplet of wine uh on every on our plate for each plague as we read their names huh. um, isn't there a whole uh, like animated movie about this Yes, there are lots of movies about this. Okay, because I vivid, like oh, okay. as you've been going. It's through one of the this... more dramatic stories um, in the Old Testament. So yeah. yes, there are lots of. I believe there's about. a very high quality animated film about this story. I, I think that that people really like. And the I Prince of Egypt. What... Oh the yeah, Prince yeah. of Egypt. Maybe oh, was yeah, that I have very so. mixed feelings about that movie, but okay, that's neither that's... here nor there. I have fair seen enough it, though, um, to, be, okay. to clarify. Um, <clears throat> so. Uh, typically, what we do uh, at this point in the uh, in the seder is uh, so we put our finger in so we take our finger and from the wine glass uh, for each plague uh, put a drop of wine on the plate. Uh, now, after each plague that God brought down, uh, Moses went back uh, to the Pharaoh and said, uh, and said, like, let my people go," uh, and the Pharaoh still said, "No." Even if these plagues did like more and more destruction to his kingdom. I have to imagine every time he said no, Moses was just like, okay, buddy. <laughs> so you're fucking, you're, it's your frog town. Yeah. Like it. Enjoy the frogs. So, in order, so I'm going to recite the plagues uh, in order here. Um, here, uh, and a little description for those where it's not quite obvious from the name. Uh, and I will name them in uh, English and Hebrew uh, Blood, Dom. Uh, which uh, is, well, the Nile River turning to blood. Mm -hmm. 
which must have, which is a hell of a way to start things. Like, you know, if that's the first plague, this is going to be good. Yeah. If that's the opener, the Pharaoh should have really cut his losses there and went, never mind, you're right. I'll let you should have just started like, with Frog. Frogs are the second one. Oh. Or Tsvardeya. Uh, yeah, Were these the concurrent? Did the they Nile like, did the plague stack on top of each other? Uh, they, they come one after the other. <laughs> but did they like, like overlap was the nile still blood when it was the frog uh, that's not really stated in the story huh, okay. I, I assume i assume so but i'm not totally certain um because it's not really stated officially uh but uh the point is after every plague moses would come back to the pharaoh and be like well okay but there's gonna be another so so plague number three lice kinim i think we all know what those are Ugh. very unpleasant just, so uh, everyone just got shitloads of lice wild beasts aroth so like the cow the beast died no the, the beast showed up the oh. cow's dying is the next one oh. um, horses hordes of the beast being like like crocodiles uh, there's very, danger there's varying dangerous. interpretations uh of what the beasts were uh but <clears throat> suffice to say they're dangerous yes uh yeah it's a plague uh let's see cattle disease diver uh which was their cows died uh which is of course bad mm -hmm. very uh, bad boils shaheen oh no oh yeah that was self-explanatory <laughs> yeah uh hail uh barad or in some interpretations fireballs oh i i've also heard like hail that's on fire yeah, that's that a, yeah, yeah that's a, yeah that's yeah. There's varying the, interpretations of this uh, okay. because again, this is a religious story, not like a historic narrative. Right, from, like uh, find uh, the hail or anything. Um, of course. Uh, yeah, darkness, choshech, uh, which was that it got dark for three days. An eclipse <clears throat> or something like that. Uh, well, I well, mean, like, or I, similar I, to one. Well, I mean, like, again, just no uh, sun. Uh. I mean, the most likely thing in the Middle East that could cause this would be a sandstorm. Could be. That's just really scary. Darkness for three days is like a yeah. terrifying and thing. And so after the ninth plague, Moses goes back to the Pharaoh again and says, let my people go. Uh, and the Pharaoh still says no. So there's a special tenth plague. Moses is like, buddy, you gotta understand, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> like, I'm, so I'm giving the, you a the, chance so, here. So Moses, so, uh, so Moses told the, the Jews uh, to take to uh, slaughter a lamb and use its blood to paint the letter Shin in the Hebrew letter Shin on their door frames. Uh, because for the next plague, this would be necessary. The next plague. Does anyone know it? Uh, the kid. Um, the kids die. The, the yeah. death of the death firstborn of the firstborn. male yeah. child. Uh, yeah. Death of the firstborn. Makat v'charot. Uh, which was so, visited upon any houses not marked yes yes so all the jewish families marked uh their doors with uh, the lamb's blood uh, and that's why we have a shank bone on the seder plate um, it's interesting the reciprocation there that the pharaoh ordered the first sons of the the jewish people drowned and then it is god god sort of went well okay i mean well, it wasn't you just the first that, but... sons that the pharaoh wanted to drown. It was all the sons, but right. Okay, my mistake. But I just. But uh, but I mean, Karen. yes. So so uh, after this, so the God sent the angel of death, uh, down. Uh, and the angel of death passed over all the houses that were marked with the shin. Oh. Uh... And that's why it's called Passover. 
because uh, for all Jewish households, the angel of death passed over them and didn't kill their sons. Now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm thinking back about this article I read a while ago about that. The they've somehow linked the a supposed sinking of Atlantis to the ten plagues of Egypt. Oh fuck! Well, this is it's not like actual Atlantis. They're discussing the idea of um, a Minotian city in ancient Greece having living on a volcano. Well, the thing is, the the plagues didn't exactly. As I mentioned, this is not historic narrative. No, no, it's not. But I there's know. a lot of like theories. Well, people make well, theories, but yeah. it's not Ap- really apropos uh, of of that unrelated, the unrelated theories. It, it, um, so I, I think they're probably unrelated. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, so, and then after, finally, after that last plague, the the Pharaoh said, like, fine, you can go, uh, because his hardened heart had finally broken and he would, so the Jewish people, uh, started getting ready to leave, uh, but, uh, uh, and so we, uh, uh, but the thing is, they didn't know uh, if at any time, uh, although I might note, although I've been referring to the group as Jewish people at that time uh, in the story, uh, we would not have been referred to as such. Uh, okay. We would have instead been referred to as um, most likely Israelites or children of uh, Israel, not referring to the modern country, to be clear, mm-hmm. right. referring to uh, the biblical figure, Jacob, also known as Israel. Uh, okay. Uh, not referring to the modern country. This is not about the modern country. Uh, this Makes is sense. referring purely to the... That, that's why I wasn't using that term, but I, I should clarify that at this point, uh, that at that time it wouldn't have been referred to as such. But so what happened uh, next uh, is so the people were getting ready to leave, but they knew that like Pharaoh could change his mind, so they had to get ready really quickly. So they couldn't wait for the bread to rise. Ah. Uh, uh. So instead of, so they couldn't bake it. So instead they just put like the bread dough on their backs. And as they were fleeing, the sun baked it. Huh. So huh. they, so they started going and leaving with like this bread bake. And that is how matzah, that's why we eat matzah and why we don't eat leavened bread for eight days. That hmm. makes sense. So we were leaving. Um, <clears throat> and uh, consequently, uh, things, uh, and so we get to the Red Sea and Moses is like, well, okay. And so he taps his staff and God parts the sea and lets people walk through on the bottom. Now, here's the thing about that. In reality, the Red Sea is a lot deeper than people seemed to think. And it has a lot more coral. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but so in the, in the story, uh, so God parts the sea. And I imagine that if that actually happened, it would be fucking terrifying because you'd have like these giant walls of water at your side Could you, i just imagine well, like it, fish trying to swim through it and just falling that'd well, be imagine, terrifying imagine <laughs> if there there is all that coral down there how nightmarish it must be this entirely alien landscape with these walls of water on either side 
Yeah. frightening. So, so here's the, so, uh, that's not really featured in the story, though. I, I know, I just said, uh, so, yeah, it would have been, though. You're right. You're right. Um, so the people start walking through on the seabed. Uh, at first they're a little nervous, uh, but then, no, uh, really, <laughs> leads them through the, through the sea. Uh, and so the problem is they start getting there and they notice that the pharaoh has changed his mind and it's following them. Oh, no. So they have to get to the other side of the sea, but when they get to the other side, uh, where the pharaoh is and his chariot are still charging through the sea, and Moses taps his staff again, and God closes the sea. Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> he just... The, I, so the pharaoh drowns. Uh, uh, the pharaoh is crushed to death <laughs> and then drowns. The pharaoh <laughs> yeah. is wow. obliterated no. by the weight no. of the ocean. I mean, hell, hell of, hell of a, hell of a backhand for that that guy, and he he deserved it. God really said, "I'm gonna bitch slap this dumbass <laughs> with the ocean." Well, with well, the ocean, you know. Yeah. Here's the thing: is this should really be a story about why you shouldn't mess with Jews? But unfortunately, <laughs> everyone in history keeps doing that, and it fucking sucks. They haven't it learned. Does. They never learn because they well, keep I mean, on trying to fight God. <laughs> Most of the people who try to destroy us uh, meet untimely ends, whether that's in an ocean or in a bunker. <laughs> you notice that, don't you? You do notice that. But most anti-Semites do not have like glorious endings. Yeah. Uh, nor should nor should they. They should not. No. Uh, but the, the the point is. Uh, the point is, this happens in so many different religious narratives and so many times throughout history that that uh, there's a whole genre of jewish holidays uh that basic that can be or in fact most of them that can be described as humorously they tried to kill us we survived let's eat <laughs> <laughs> honestly though that's like that's such that's such an attitude like you, do you know what i mean like that's such a fucking like powerful that's good shit yeah that's a good mentality <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean that describes a lot of our holidays. Like that's also kind of the thing behind Purim. It's the thing behind Passover. It's the thing behind uh, I mean, a lot of holidays. Uh, that it, that that's what it's about. It's about someone uh, trying to persecute us and our survival. Yeah. Um, now, uh, after now having told that, uh, the thing is next. Uh, the story kind of digresses, and we wander in a desert for forty years. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so. We then sing a song tradition. So then we drink the second glass of wine, you know, the one we got all excited about earlier. Oh, um, yeah. So, uh, but then we traditionally sing a song called Dayenu, uh, which means, uh, like, it would have been enough. <clears throat> uh, and it tells the story of the Exodus as, like, a series of miracles God did for us with the idea that, like, even if God had only done some of those things, but not all of them, it still would have been enough. Like, it still would have been great. Um, uh, I will not sing the whole thing and usually by this point in the Seder everyone's had two glasses of wine so the singing <laughs> yeah. is interesting the singing gets better yeah the singing gets better, of... yeah, the singing <laughs> gets better. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm not drunk obviously uh, uh, but anyway I, I can sing a line of it if you want Sure. Uh, I won't sing the whole thing, but which literally means if God had only taken us out of Egypt, that would have been enough. Uh, meaning like if God hadn't like protected us after. Um, and so then uh, traditionally we wash our hands a second time. Uh, uh, 
and then we say the blessing over the over the matzah. Uh, so because this is when we're getting ready to eat. Uh, as I mentioned, this is a feast, even though there's like a bunch of rituals before it. The main part is there still is a lot of eating that happens. So then what we do is we uh, uh, combine two unlike ingredients. We combine haroset, which is like the apple and nut thing that I mentioned, with the uh, bitter herbs, the horseradish. Um, and the reason for this is because is to show that although we have a bitter history, we've turned it into a wonderful holiday today. Uh, but it doesn't totally erase the bitterness. But don't we notice the sweetness more when we have that and the bitterness? And traditionally, uh, and traditionally, uh, we also make what is known as a Hillel sandwich to eat this, which is named after the uh, great uh, sage Hillel. Uh, so... And uh, to make a Hillel sandwich, uh, we combine, uh, we make a sandwich with matzah, bitter herbs, and haroset. Um, and that is typically the, uh, and uh, so we eat that, and then we turn to the eggs. Eggs. Eggs represent rebirth and renewal. <laughs> sorry. As I'm you can sorry. see, this is a fun part of the Seder for me. As I'm I mentioned, sorry. every year this happens and my family gets mad at me. I'm sorry, I just fucking I wasn't I expecting this entire it. section of the Seder laughing. I just wasn't expecting it to literally be rebirth and renewal. It is God. though. It is though. Um That's and of wonderful. course you see, and this is the part of the Seder where Seder, uh, where it turns out that you're no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, that, that would be a hell of a time to come out. Uh, by the way, now hey, before we eat, I have an announcement to make. Um, Just like this egg, apropos of eggs. <laughs> that would be a hell of a way to come out, though. Uh, but... I mean, just do it at every Passover. You just you boil you boil the eggs. Um... So these are the boiled eggs, rather. Uh, uh, yes, we're not eating raw okay. eggs. Well, no, I, I wasn't sure I, if you had said there was another type of egg. Uh, there, there's some, remember. yeah, sometimes uh, also roasted uh, eggs exist. But we don't really eat that at the same time. Um, so, okay. Uh, so, and there's one more thing we do before we uh, eat, uh, which is that we set out a glass of wine for the prophet Elijah. And then we... And then, so we leave that out uh, on the table uh, for him to drink, and then we open the door so he can come in. So who is the prophet Elijah again? Uh, he is a uh, uh, he is a prophet uh, from the religion. And to be clear, we don't actually. Uh, to be clear, uh, he's he's a figure from uh, the tradition uh, who we traditionally open the door for, but it's more symbolic of how, yeah, of you know, course. for a satyr, you're supposed to invite in anyone uh, who can. And of course, in the modern world, it also represents uh, to a lot of people uh, inviting, you know, uh, refugees and welcoming them into our country. Okay. Um, and supporting uh, those who are fleeing for a better life. That makes uh, a lot of sense. And, uh, and in some households, you also provide a cup with of water for Miriam, uh, Moses's sister. Uh, and then finally, we eat. Uh, 
but it's not over then. So, so uh, typically at Passover meals, people eat all kinds of things with the restriction, of course, that um, right. there are certain things we don't eat. But uh, tr there are all kinds of things that are traditionally eaten. For instance, uh, brisket is a common one. Mm. Uh, mm. one uh, <laughs> uh, chicken. Uh, also common, uh, matzo ball soup, very common, mm. especially if you have like multiple courses, that can be like a first course. Matzo ball soup is wonderful. Too. I'm so hungry. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wish we could do this in person because then I absolutely would have prepared some. Oh, I love food. <laughs> Vera. I love food. Oh, babe, it'll be okay. We're going to get food after this. <laughs> I love food. And you're not even going to okay, have to okay, cook okay. it. Like a Zulu, keep going with the food. <laughs> so so, uh, so those are some common things. And of course, traditions do vary around the world. The, the, the ones I'm describing are largely uh, Eastern European ones, because that's where my family is from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm sure Sephardic Jews have their own uh, traditional foods they would eat during Passover. Uh, uh, now, uh, what I was saying earlier about the uh, about the beans uh, and other grains is these are referred to as kitniot, and traditionally Ashkenazic communities, uh, that is, such as uh, my own background, uh, do not eat them, uh, but others do. But nowadays, a lot more Ashkenazic Jews uh, are... Uh, also eating kitniot during Passover. Uh, and uh, although I personally still don't, just because I'm used to not eating them during Passover, uh, as like a tradition I grew up with. Hmm. Uh, but like a, a lot more are, and uh, like, for instance, if I married into a Sephardic family, there's a chance I'd change that, like to, to respect their tradition or something. Mm -hmm. or, or a Mizrahi family or uh, or some other... Um, other part of the world uh so so that I, I just figured i should clarify that okay so uh so that's where we eat the main course uh which uh again uh certain traditional foods uh but you can, there are all kinds of things people do eat uh uh when i was growing up one thing we always did was had tons of uh matzo ball soup mm, i just, i, I we had a 20-gallon pot that we only used for that. Oh, that only got used, like, once or twice a year for Passover. Like, I, I want to reiterate, matzo ball soup is wonderful. Soup. I'm so hungry. I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to have matzo ball soup several times in my life, and it is one of my favorite soups. So, then after this, uh, remember that thing we hid earlier, the afikomen? Yes. Well, it, it comes back because uh, at this point, usually, uh, usually the youth of the Seder will go and uh, search for where it's hidden. Oh. Uh, and traditions about this vary, but like often adults will give them like hints of like, are they warm or cold? You know, where the closer you get to it, the warmer you are, etc. To, to help them find it. What's mm -hmm. uh, and uh, then we people eat that uh, uh, and. At uh, sort of to conclude the meal, uh, mm -hmm. although the holiday isn't over yet. Um, is the dessert thing that you have to find part of like uh, of the story? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's part of the tradition. Uh, and it's it's sort of like a tradition. Uh, but 
Uh, and of course, there are also other desserts that people do eat, of course, in addition to just the uh, the afikoman, because that's, you know, just a piece of matzah. Mm -hmm. uh, and and the, the thing about this uh, is... And so there are other desserts, like, for instance, you can find chocolate-coated matzah or make it yourself, uh, or, like, chocolates that are good for Passover Ooh. or other kinds of candies. Uh, candied fruit is a popular one. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. I'm gonna start eating my arm. <laughs> Not to escape from anything, just because. I'm just hungry. <laughs> Oh dear. I'm handcuffed oh, to the computer. <laughs> you're handcuffed to the computer and Twitter is open and constantly refreshing and you're gnawing your arm off to get away. <laughs> no, I just want to eat this yummy food. You keep describing the tastiest food I've ever heard and I'm hungry. I ate an entire bowl of pasta this morning and it's not enough. Now I need matzah. Does pasta count as unleavened bread? Pasta pasta is not allowed during Passover. Uh, it's not allowed. Oh, oh, right, because it's it's okay. I think yeah, I yeah you you can't do pasta during Passover. There okay. exist kosher for Passover pasta things. They just are terrible because they have to be made out of like tapioca or something. <laughs> that sounds horrible. It's like the chickpea pasta I made for my gluten intolerant roommate. It tasted so bad. Yikes. <clears throat> How'd you make? I'm not gonna make that joke. Um, I'm, not gonna... <laughs> I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna stoop that low. <laughs> I'm not gonna make the joke. I'm not doing it. Are you gonna chickpea in your pasta? <laughs> I was gonna say, how'd you get? A, how'd you get? A, how'd you get a machine that can make a chick's pee in the pasta? That's good. That's I, wild. you know, usually, but usually when I do that, I just get kicked out of the kitchen. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you don't need a machine to do that. You just have to yeah, ask I, nicely. I, mean, I was assuming the pee was plus, becoming plus, pasta. Uh, plus, uh, as plus, uh, at least for the case for Vera and I, is we have dicks, so it's like <laughs> we, we can even aim it. So, <laughs> well, I was, I was, I was in my head assuming the pee becomes the pasta. No, that's what you boil it in. <laughs> Oh, you, stop! Oh God! Can we please go back to talking about anything? You, you laugh, else? but did you know that uh, in I believe it's in China, there's like a traditional dish that consists of uh, eggs boiled in urine. Why? <laughs> I, uh, let me let me uh, let me. Uh, you know, I I, I would I not be surprised if that's a fertility thing. I don't I don't understand. It, well, in that, that case, I... it's much worse because it's the urine of young boys. <laughs> <laughs> See fertility. <laughs> it, it, okay. it is referred to as virgin boy or er, virgin boy egg. Um, and it's believed <laughs> that it prevents heat stroke according to the traditional medicine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How I'm, is that a heat stroke? I'm losing, <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my well, mind. Well, I mean, if you're a Germain Greer, it's going to cause heat stroke. Vir uh, virgin boy egg is just <laughs> Funniest oh. phrase I've ever heard. <laughs> that was just okay, me in high school. I, <laughs> to be clear, feel... we do not do this. This is I am not responsible for this. No, 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 no. This, this is, is not, not related to Passover. Passover in any way. It is 
God, no. But this is I just want to throw out there. I was gonna be like, okay, look, I may not understand it, but I shouldn't. I shouldn't react super shocked or whatever to. But then when the urine became specific, <laughs> I felt a little. Is. I felt a little more justified in being like, Ooh. I, just, I couldn't help the, look, the second. Look, it's I... not. A, it's not a thing I would eat. <laughs> well, me neither. So, I don't okay. want piss so, eggs. So, uh, so uh, let me. Uh, Jesus, so, uh, what the hell? So let me. Uh, so we, we should uh, finish out the seder. Uh, so, yes. Pl- oh uh, yes, please. So back to tasty <laughs> food. <laughs> so uh, well, dinner's done. But uh, so then we drink more wine uh, and another glass of wine. Wait, is what, what cup also? are we on? We're on the fourth one. Oh no! Is this one? <laughs> uh, so is the wine two before, two after, okay. uh, and. Uh, and so the wine, uh, and in some more progressive uh, communities, we use uh, for the last glass of wine feminine uh, verb terms for uh, verbs for uh, the the blessing instead of the typical masculine ones. Hmm. Um, is the see, wine still red? Uh, yeah, the wine is still red. Okay, so it's red throughout. Okay, I just wasn't sure. Yes, the the red representing uh, the blood. Mm. Okay. My apologies. Carry on. <laughs> Uh, hence the whole thing with the tapping during the plagues. Um, so, right. oh, God, of course, that makes sense. Sorry. God. So at at the end, uh, so at the end, uh, finally, uh, to conclude everything, uh, we say uh, everything we typically say at the end next year in Jerusalem. Uh, you know, to say like. Uh, you know, uh, which is where all the Jewish holy sites are, mm-hmm. uh, where right. m- most of them at least. Uh, and uh, in a modern context, we can interpret this as a desire for peace in that region, and as, of course, a desire to see our holy sites. Uh, and so we say, Lishana Haba'a be Yerushalayim next year in Jerusalem. Hmm. Uh, but uh, here's the thing about this Haggadah, is at the end, uh, it has <clears throat> and it has a special poem called Each is an Egg. <laughs> this is not part of the traditional poem. It's something that was added late. It's not a part of the traditional Seder. It's a thing that was added later. Like I said, Haggadahs often have like other poetry or scholarly things written in them that weren't part of the tradition. But this is going to be entertaining if I ever attend a Seder with it, because I will... Uh, look very because i will uh make sure that all the cis guests uh, feel very strange during it <laughs> i am um... or, or whoever reads it i should congratulate them after yeah <laughs> so watch what, them be what incredibly it, confused the the poem each is an egg what is uh like what's the content about if you're not comfortable uh it's about thing? comparing people to eggs <laughs> so this is I, one of my you know, it's well, it's funny. Fuck, I, fuck I'm, I'm reading it now because this is like a poem that, again, isn't part of the tradition. It's just part of this Agata uh, uh-huh. as like a later thing. Fuck. Um, it's it really trans, poem isn't is, it? Do you want me to read it to you? Yeah. If you'd like to. If there is a hard high wall and an egg that breaks against it, no matter how right the wall or how wrong the egg, I will stand on the side of the egg. Why? Because each of us is an egg, a unique soul enclosed in a fragile egg. Each of us is confronting a high wall. The high wall is the system which forces us to do the things we would not ordinarily see fit to do as individuals. We are all human beings, individuals, fragile eggs. 
We have no hope against the wall. It's too high, too dark, too cold. To fight the wall, we must join our souls together for warmth, strength. We must not let the system control us, create who we are. Wow. I don't... It's a really nice poem, but unfortunately, it's, it's very well, trans. A, yeah, That's actually a beautiful poem. I, I wanted to say, though, one of my favorite quotes ever, actually, is about an egg. And, and this reminds me of that, which is um, that the bird fights its way out of the egg. And the oh, egg uh, yeah, yeah, from, uh, from Demion. And who, whoever will be born must destroy a world. Uh. Yeah. Honestly, that all went over my head. <laughs> well, well, of course you're 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 the one cis person here. Yeah, is that Herm Herman Hess? Uh, yeah, Hess. Okay. Uh, I, from his novel Demion. Like yeah, eggs. Yeah. They are very tasty. I love egg. You know, I, I'm not an egg anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> I bet you are tasty. Yes, you are mm, right. You, you can find out. <laughs> Oh, oh, the horny! Has wait, wait. On. Does that mean that? If, does that mean that if you're also tasty, that? Oh shit! Egg. Hey, so Ollie, are you an egg? Uh, Vera <laughs> tells me that I probably am. <laughs> well, I don't uh, know. This morning, she said some really sus stuff. I mean, <laughs> I, okay. The sus stuff was basically I came across a TikTok that was like, "Why didn't you give me a dick, God? Where's my seven foot Not seven foot. Seven, seven inch. foot." <laughs> <laughs> Where's my seven feet and eight matching legs? Where's my seven inch long, right? And I was like, oh, that was me in high school. That's that, some eggy that's shit. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, can I, can I, um, oh, never Sorry. mind. I'll ask later. Um, <laughs> I, I like, like, you, I like that you're aiming high. We don't need to explore here. <laughs> I, I just like that you're aiming high for seven inches. I want to know what Is seven inches um, erect or not erect? Probably erect. <laughs> no, just that's just flaccid. <laughs> otherwise, that's, that's going to be something. It, what if down to a micrometer level, the length does not change between both states? <laughs> how, how would that even work? That's just a lever. I think, I think it plumps. <laughs> I think it, it, just, it just gets instead of thicker instead of longer. It's so it's like, so it's like a pencil first, then it, it like yeah. and it's like a ballpark Frank after. <laughs> I hate this. Look, look, I, look, look, I'm, I'm happy to ha look. I'm, I'm happy to help you explore your gender later. I'm sorry, right this now, is not the time. Probably, no, yeah. it is not the time. Plus, I am very, I am content with having tits and being labeled woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, you know, I want to be, be a woman and also have a dick. I'm just saying. I, I yeah, want to be, clear don't be that, transphobic. <laughs> I want to be clear. I didn't say Lally anything guys. about genitals until I was until the TikTok. <laughs> what? I I, I want to be clear. I mean, Lally, if, if you want to trade, I'm. I was just teasing. Like I wasn't trying to. I know. Like, I know. We're all teasing here, but also, uh, stop it, Vera. No. <laughs> It's as simple as that. No. What's happening over there? I'm bullying her. Stop bullying. No. We're doing a podcast right now. Okay. We're trying to have a Seder. Oh, yeah. We're trying to have a Seder and you're bullying. The only time it's okay to do that at a Seder is if you were just totally blackout drunk. <laughs> I mean, after four glasses of wine and probably some more, I will definitely be blackout drunk because I'm a lightweight. 
I, I actually just want to say while we have a moment, I'm really, um, I, I, I find there's, there's a lot of importance in how many times you mentioned that there were alternate ways to do things to be more inclusive to more people. Like, that just seems to be a pattern in, in, in. I, I can probably explain why that is. If you'd like to, I just, so I just think it's that wonderful. is because we are a people who have throughout history often been faced with like difficult circumstances where it wouldn't always be possible to do like the, the tradition that we always do. So we've had to find like alternative ways to do those things, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, for instance, when you don't have parsley, use a boiled potato. <clears throat> yeah, I just, I, I just think that's beautiful. And that there was like a vegan option for the shank bone, like that's yeah, there's yeah. the inclusivity is a pattern I notice, and I think I just think that's wonderful, and I wanted to comment on that. Well, you see, a, a big focus of Judaism that I kind of touched on is that we live in a broken world, but that we should be trying to fix it. Mm -hmm. That 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 yes, the world is broken, uh, but we should be doing tikkun olam, fixing the world. Yeah, that's beautiful. Right. Um, and. Part of that is accommodating people. Part of that is, uh, you know, rep recognizing diversity of people. Um, and I, so to be clear, I, I, I went through all the story of Passover and shit. Uh, so I, but uh, there are a few things uh, that I should still probably. Uh, so first off, can anyone tell what this holiday is about? It's it's not, it's pretty obvious at points, but freedom. I can still clarify. Yep. Yep. Yeah, not dying. <laughs> about freedom. And how important it is, and that, well, you mentioned the song that if 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 God had only, or, or I don't remember if it was a song, but if God had only freed the the Jewish people from Egypt, that would be enough. Yeah, it's it's freedom is very important. Well, yeah, yeah. The the thing about uh the about freedom uh is that this is a holiday about freedom. So as I mentioned, Haggadahs often have like supplemental uh inserts about like other uh things more contemporarily, like current ongoing refugee crises or human rights abuses in the world. Um, and because the thing is, we we are not passive participants in this world. We are people who participate in society and we should be trying to make the world better if we can um and just as we were once uh not free and you know threat history there have been times where the jewish people were not free uh, there are others who to this day are not free and uh we should be working to make those people free you mentioned that the the salt water was also the tears of the people who are still not free. yeah yeah it's the tears from yeah. slavery but also the tears of those who are not free today yeah um and uh, and uh, so it, it and so uh, as I mentioned, the Hebrew word for Egypt uh, is Mitzrayim, uh, which literally means narrow place. Uh, and so what we one thing that we do at Passover is we think about ways in which we are still not free, or that other people are still stuck in like a narrow place, even if you know it's not literally being enslaved in Egypt. <clears throat> yeah. It there's still oppression and, and, and there there's still oppression in the world. There's still uh suffering and uh there are still many people who are not free. Uh like uh to give some there's... contemporary examples, there's still people in Yemen who are starving yeah. uh, because of the Saudi government's actions against them. There's what's happening in Ukraine right now, uh where uh oh uh there's uh <coughs> In, in all regions of the world, there or like even within the United States, there's all these people who are incarcerated right now. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a really good thing that it's it's a holiday about freedom, but with a heavy emphasis on not forgetting 
there is still much good work to be done. Yeah. Well, yes, of course. A holiday about freedom, I think, would be rather hollow if it was only about, well, g- well, fuck you, got mine. Yeah, um, no, I'm just saying. I just, I, I, it is important, and I, I, I genuinely just, I, I'm a, I'm happy to learn of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with like Kane's whole take on the holiday, especially since it's an important, it's an a. So sorry. It's un. It's okay. Did you ever think for a sec about what you want to say? I know what I want to say. It's just I've had way too much coffee. (laughs) You've had too much wine. (laughs) Either or. Um, What? Lolly's like, oh, glasses. I thought you said bottles. (laughs) Are you Italian? (laughs) the the whole holiday is a practice of empathy and i just think that it's such a good thing to do especially since our current situations have made us apathetic as a whole and it's just it's amazing to see that there are still things and people trying to empathize and to try and make things better it's a relief Well, yeah, I, I, there, there's a big component, as I mentioned, of Judaism about social justice and improving the world, uh, and I think it would be, I think it would be remiss if the holiday didn't, uh, you know, talk about the people who are still not free, Absolutely. about the ways in which uh, many people still don't have a freedom. In fact, uh, or about like, like as a people who you know throughout history have been oppressed and in many places still are. Of course, we can't be blind to other people's suffering. We, we can't just turn a blind eye to that. And I, I think, I think what I find most interesting about the the Jewish holidays we've discussed Hanukkah and Passover is, um, the way that that many Jewish holidays are both joyous and somber, but n- neither detracts from the other. Well, well, yeah, yeah. It's it's like what I was saying about the uh, Hillel sandwich and the combination of sweet haroset with bitter maror. It's, yeah, uh, it's it's a. Or it, it's like we like neither detracts from the other. Like, does it completely cover up the bitterness that we eat something sweet? That we have a holiday? Well, no. But it's like, would we really know what the sweetness is if we didn't have know about bitter things to compare it to? Mm-hmm. You can't have light there... without knowing what darkness is. Yeah, but the the thing is, uh, in is that we want. Uh, the thing is, in, in the future, uh, we want the world to be better. So, of course, we, we got to know that, like, many people still are not free today. Many people are still suffering under oppression, are still uh, n- not free to, to be as they are. Uh, and and that's... Uh, <clears throat> it's not good. It's not good. It's not and good, no. Especially when we forget about the past, it tends to repeat itself. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. P- people think, oh, it can't happen here. Oh, it won't happen again. <sighs> and then get, it does. People get and complacent. They, yeah. Well, and then it does, and they say, how could we have known? How could we have known that uh, this thing that was going after trans people is now going to fuck us over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I feel simultaneously very justified in saying, told you so, fuck yourself, and also like, 
now that we're fighting this together, welcome to the team. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah very, I'm very, I'm very well, torn. You well, know, yeah, we don't have much time. We don't have time to fight. Uh, fight uh, for infighting, I guess, is my thing. So yeah, we shouldn't it, have it, to get to that point where it's. We like, shouldn't have to. No, people should be more attuned to others' suffering. I agree. It that, and... the, before it affects them personally, which is again why this holiday talks about freedom uh, around the world and why it's Thank important you. to be cognizant of others who are not free to this. Thank day. you. Thank you for articulating what I was trying to say, because <laughs> that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And so this is a very important lesson. It is a very important lesson. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, there are a couple. So I, I think that's everything I have to say about uh, the Seder and everything. Uh, so there's a couple more things I want to touch on before I open things up for questions. Uh, so what I'm going to say is. So like I mentioned with Hanukkah, there's a bit of a problem with uh, non-Jews, specifically Christians, I'm just going to say Christians here, because mm-hmm. uh, I've never seen it from non-Christians, really, uh, appropriating it. Um, because there are quite a few um, Christian groups that seem to think they're entitled to have their own Seder. Uh, well, and uh, as someone who, who grew up in a Baptist church, I can tell you that they scrubbed at least in the church I was in, the Hebrew from it, for instance, the marking of the door, you said, was done with a specific letter. Yeah, it's a Hebrew letter shin. In the Baptist church I uh, I attended that engaged in this behavior, um, this appropriation, uh, they they just marked the door with a slash. Oh. Like a, a an angled... Okay, know, I got bad over. news, that isn't gonna work. It's not... <laughs> Well, uh, I got bad news I, I, for I, the firstborns in that house. Well, no, what I what I'm saying is they they try to they they like try to erase the Hebrew from it. Well, yeah, of course they of course they do. They they have to genericize it, and th- there's a few reasons for for this. One is supersessionism. There there's a lot of Christian groups out there that believe that they've become the real chosen people and displaced the Jews, um, and that we are therefore all heathens, and that they have the right to all our holidays, which they typically do wrong. Mm-hmm. One, they Very erase the wrong. Hebrew, but two, they make all sorts of other mistakes. Like, for instance, oh, yes. uh, I remember I once, uh, I think it was last year, I saw a picture going around of an evangelical Seder, uh, quote-unquote Seder, uh, that had challah at it. Now, challah is a wonderful bread for the rest of the year, but it's a leavened bread. You yeah, can't, you can't so do you would that. Never it's eat that at a seder. I literally am looking at uh, like the Michigan House Republicans, and they have a Happy Passover thing, and the first thing I can see on it is two loaves of bread. Fuck, oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> they did a great job. Oh it's God. like not even that hard to not fuck that up. For you, literally for just need to sake. ask one Jewish person. Just ask one Jewish person. Can say, "Do you celebrate Passover? You do. Could you look at this and make sure I'm not going to look really even if they didn't foolish? celebrate it, they probably know. They might know. It's true. True. But yeah. just in general, um, I like, pretty much God. can sum up why Christians do this. It's because they're still too. <sighs> the entire thing about Christianity was taking over other people's religions well, and, yeah. and yeah. making them convert to Sub- their religion. Yeah, subsuming them and, and absorbing their traditions and things. Yes. Or some of them, it wasn't really ways. It wasn't really in order to absorb the religion. It was in order to convert them to Christianity. Well, 
Well, yeah, that's what I mean. They would subsume them and, and twist them to kind of fit into the Christian mythos to attract the people yep. that they were trying to convert. Yeah. yeah. Just like we talked about in the Yule episode, it's just this thing where it's like, hey, look, we also do this thing that you do. Isn't that funny? Do you want to come and have a conversation <laughs> about it? Like those <laughs> Mormons who held me held me hostage outside in the snow in my underwear. <laughs> you were like... You were, so, like, doing the voice of someone who has a gun behind their back. <laughs> but, like, like a long one that you can see coming out the other side. This man had an RPG behind his back, and he was like, Hey, you want to talk? You want to have a nice, friendly conversation? I'm sorry. Okay, so, apropos, because uh, there was... Uh, so, what I was, what I was saying is, so there's a bit of an issue with this, uh, but also uh, there's a bit of a misconception, I think, that a lot of Christians have, where they believe that the Last Supper was the Passover Seder. What? Which... <laughs> not exactly. You see, the modern Seder, it came to be within, like, the last... Uh, within somewhat more recently, like, you know, within a few hundred, maybe a bit over a thousand years. Mm -hmm. um, Judaism did exist back then, uh, but the, the way we celebrated Passover would have been very different. Uh, so while it's theoretically possible that Jesus ate at a Passover meal, uh, it wouldn't have been a modern Seder. No, it, it would have been a very different meal. It would have been a different rules. kind of meal. Uh, it Different rules uh, wouldn't have been a modern Seder. Uh, and additionally, uh, and additionally, uh, if I recall correctly, it says in the gospel uh, of, I think, Mark, I want to say, that Passover would have been the next day, which would have made it a little awkward to have a Seder. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. this so, is so, a little off topic. So, uh, so for anyone who's holding a Seder for that reason as a Christian, please don't. Like, like if, if you're not Jewish, please don't host a Seder. Like, like I said with Hanukkah, do not. This is actually a way bigger holiday than Hanukkah and more culturally significant. So again, please, uh, if you are not Jewish, do not do Passover on your own, yeah. at least. Uh, it's not you your want, thing. If you want to enjoy a Seder, what you should do is make some Jewish friends, get in close with them, and uh, see if they will invite you to their seder. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, uh, just uh, just accept that that's okay because you've got well, friends. See how everyone wins here. Well, yes, <laughs> but the, the point is, uh, so is that non-Jews definitely can participate in seders if they're invited to them. Like, like it, it's not a closed ritual. It, it's mm -hmm. not a thing that like only like as, as I mentioned when I was growing up. Like, I invited like a lot of non-Jews to um, seders and other religious events, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, and that was totally fine. Remember, you're supposed yeah, to invite in anyone. Uh, Non-Jews shouldn't be hosting them. They shouldn't, but do not host it because no. you're yeah. gonna do it wrong. Yeah, and it's gonna be fucking embarrassing for the rest of us. Like, do you know how much it hurts me to see uh, a to see someone doing a seder with a thing of challah? Do you know how much it hurts me? Uh, so I imagine it, significantly. It's, it, it's like see, it's like I imagine what it must be like to see to be a Christian and see like a nativity scene that has a crucified Easter bunny. Oh no! <laughs> Damn, they crucified the Easter bunny again. <laughs> you know, fun fact: I don't know if anyone does that, but I do know that in Japan, apparently, Christmas is a thing that a lot of people don't fully uh, seem to grasp it so they apparently have cards that have crucified santa <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows 
He knows what he did. That'll be me when I'm done with. He Santa. knows what. He knows when you're. Well, he still knows when you're awake and sleeping. Yeah, but it's also really fucking funny because immediately, as you said, like a crucified Easter bunny, my brain went to that like picture of Elmo, like <laughs> in the middle of like a fire and just hands raised up. When when you said crucified Santa, my brain immediately went wow someone decided him coming once a year was once too many <laughs> japan started the war on christmas <laughs> now we please, please, please god don't it looks, it looks like whoever what whoever started it they won it. yeah japan won the war on christmas <laughs> they have santa crucified <laughs> they nailed him to wood he's they, that's it that's he's how like you kill a vampire santa. he's not sort dead of. but he's stuck there <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! They they thought it was really dead Santa. So undead Santa is still hanging there every once in a while, going ho ho ho. What kind of Sisyphus (laughs) shit are you planning? No, see, here's the thing: Santa is held captive there, but once a year he breaks free and breaks into millions of houses. Stealing your cookies and milk and leaving offerings. Why are you writing an SCP? (laughs) (laughs) This is an SCP. Subject must be remain nailed to wood at all times. Research into how to stop him from breaking into everybody's houses is ongoing. Yeah, Santa is a horrible (laughs) being that must be stopped. Yeah, they they didn't like hear him say ho ho ho, but it's more of a guttural growling. That's his gut. That's like a, a passive noise his stomach makes. Oh, no. It's the sound of him decaying. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like when gases are released. So, you know how the there's body. a black metal band called Rotting Christ? Someone should make one now called Rotting Claws. <laughs> rotting, cl- rotting Claws is pretty fucking like, dope, actually, though. Is, can this be like the Velvet yeah. Underground cover band, the Pizza Underground? I don't know what that is, but sure. What? Oh yeah, no, the Pizza Underground is a, a Velvet Underground cover band that stars Macaulay Culkin, and they just changed all the songs to be about pizza. Don't don't tell that to the people who thought Pizza Gay was real. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Don't don't. Okay, so um, ap- anywho, the uh, what are we talking about? Where are we? What year is it? <laughs> the the thing the thing 20s. that we were talking about I think we were gonna open to qu- to questions yes uh so just to, to recap the last thing I said um so if you're oh, yes, not please. Jewish and you want to enjoy a seder uh make Jewish friends and get invited to one uh but also don't be weird about it because then they might not invite you um, yeah don't be weird and, about yeah, it don't in, have in a fact, token <laughs> if 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 you want to get invited to a Jewish seder um make jewish friends and don't make the whole friendship about getting invited to a seder actually yeah. make friends yeah, with yeah, these yeah, people. yeah don't don't be like um yeah uh and you know uh yeah and, and don't do like that creepy thing where you make it about yourself uh mm-hmm. and it's like well i need uh, i need you to bring me salvation or whatever because no no uh, that, that, that's there's a very there there's a very bad history of Jews and evangelicals. I'm oh my god, keep keep the Christianity out of friendship. <laughs> yes, please do. Please Christ do. is um, not my friend. Keep him out of this. But, but uh, again, um, I, as I promised the other day, I, I I can still put the Holy Spirit in people. 
For for some reason, you said keep the Christ out of friendship, and my brain envisioned uh, a scene in which uh, Jesus Christ and two people were standing there, and the two people were talking, and Jesus was just like in really close, and it had a big X across it, and then and then there was one next to it that was just the two people talking and had a big check on it. I love this meme. Well, it's yeah, make it also, real. Also, um, I just also, imagined like Wiki How topic, images. We're on the topic. Um, keep the Christ out of bed, he has a foot fetish. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Why else do you think he spends so much time washing, washing dudes' feet? Yeah. Washing dudes' feet, like, I guess if you're into that, just, you know. Jesus is your man. <laughs> he'll, he'll carry you. Once, twice, three times your savior. See, Jesus is... <laughs> you, know, you know, the thing about Jesus that's important to remember is, is, uh, he is, uh, that remember is that he has multiple orgasms yeah he came that's twice. why he's the second coming <laughs> oh, oh god <laughs> the thing i always remember about jesus is all those jesus saves the party he brought more ice memes <laughs> i saw that on a bumper sticker the other day and thought fuck i'm old <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, somehow we're doing something about Passover, and Jesus still got dragged into it. I'm sorry, shit. I'm it's sorry. Not, it's not your fault. It's it's my fault. I brought this okay, up. Okay, but like, um, if you'd like to, if you'd like Santa to, Claus. if you'd like to cut that part, though, yeah, I would no, totally no, understand. No, it's, it's totally, it's totally fine. I'm, it's I, it's, fun. it's fine. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, um, we're so, technically so, dragging uh, Christianity through the mud right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, so we're, not, we're not saying good things about Jesus. I'll say that much. Um, I only had like one real question because it wasn't like addressed earlier. Like I, I asked like if the um hidden, I think it was matzah. Uh, dessert. Yeah, the hidden dessert. Um, if it was part of the story, but I, I really was trying to ask more like, uh, which part of the story is that <laughs> about? Well, I mean, when we break the matzah, it's about how the world is broken and we want to fix it. Okay. But we don't need to be perfect in order to do so. And finding it is about like the fun things in life because um... you know it's fun to find matzah. Well, yeah. it's it's like a fun activity for you know usually if you have youth at your seder for them to do and if you don't have youth at your seder i guess the adults can hunt for it huh honestly that sounds that sounds fun just playing a game with your friends to find honestly, honestly, I'm gonna be like... honest what one of the things that sucks about society is that it doesn't normalize adults just doing fun things together right, right? like i just unless you're that unless you're like it, it's just like Unless it's like the few approved ways by society, like gambling or something, yeah, like doing it's just a discouraged. Cute, like doing a cute fucking snack hunt for your friend, like that sounds wonderful. We I should be know. able Sorry, to play my... on playgrounds again. I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm just thinking about digging Burmese tiger traps underneath the sandbox. Okay, don't do that. Oh. Do not do, do not do that. I already don't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have done that. I... I... <laughs> Please tell me you didn't put like like the stakes. No, I didn't in there put spikes. I was ten and I dug these holes and I covered them with sticks and leaves and sand, and that's why there's no sand and playgrounds anymore near me. Uh, are you sure you're responsible for this? Probably. <laughs> Did someone break a leg or something? Uh, let's not think about it too hard. Unclear. <laughs> Do Farrah or Kane have any further questions? Um, I 
I don't really. Okay, I, I asked a lot of them in line. So, okay. yeah. right. uh, but, any, any, but fine. Can, can I say one more thing then? Yeah. You know, the yeah. other thing that you should do that uh, if you have no, if you have no youth at your table and only if you have no youth is you should eat each other's off Comans after. Oh, I can agree to this. When are we meeting up for uh next Passover? Seder. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, depends. Uh, I guess what's going on next April. Sounds good. This this lines up very well. <laughs> I'm still not a, I'm still not over this April. <laughs> well, it's not over yet. We've still got two weeks left of it. Yeah, yeah but well, I'm kind of busy. I already got plans to make fun stuff because. Well, um, no, no. I was, I was. Yeah, like, hopefully, the some was... of those plans involve eating off Ikomen. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't leave back that far. We're using the same headset. You hurt me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I tell you this is a holiday where we recline? <laughs> I did mention that. I'm pretty sure. Probably. So, um. Oh no, that's that's gone. It's gone. <laughs> recline uh, gently back so I can eat your afikomen. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, him. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to just say thank you for sharing your traditions with us. And the well, not these. The story and and thank you for for taking us through it. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else I should address before? Oh. No. I just also I also wanted to thank Cthulhu for the brilliant storytelling. Yeah. It was. It was very, very good. I like that I now know what Passover is instead of like the weird, just happy Passover shit on the internet. Yeah, I really enjoy learning, especially from you. Yeah, that. It was a good lecture. I like your lectures. Yay! Casulu like, for professor. I like you and. and <laughs> for <yeah>. professor, <laughs> this is a voting thing we do. Are we voting? Who? Wh okay, so who's gonna be Gilligan then? Was, I can do Gilligan. That was a Gilligan's Island joke. There was a professor on there, wasn't there? Yeah, I remember, uh, my voice just got really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> what? You can't do Scooby Doo voices? Not right now, because it turns no, me off. <laughs> this that sounds like a youth problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Vera, the sentence Scooby-Doo noises turning you off is a you problem. <laughs> it is something. It is something. <laughs> oh my god. I just like making weird noises. I get it. I do too. While someone eats the afikomen? <laughs> I hope I'm not making Scooby-Doo noises when that happens. <laughs> Oh my god. You know, I, I would expect Kane might. I mean, how is a dog after all? I, I mean, I, I, now hear, hear me out here. I, I'm very, I that's not. Zoinks. <laughs> don't, don't you zoinks me. Don't, don't you, don't you cite the deep zoinks at me. I was there when they were written. I was there when they zoinked. <laughs> I was there at the first zoink. <laughs> it was just one. 
Oh my god. What the fuck are we talking about? I don't know. Uh, I know we were talking about Afikomen eating with the other right, kind of Afikomen. Yes. But anyway, um, I, I, I think we should wrap this conversation Probably. up. Probably. Uh, anyway, so thank you so much for listening yeah. uh, to me talking about my holiday. Uh, and uh, thank you for everyone. Yeah. And to you. Yeah.